Hola, everybody. Welcome to the Unicorn Millionaire Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Stover. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first-gen clients become millionaires. I'm a formerly undocumented Mexican-American and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world. And I'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey. I talk about personal finance, money mindset, working, unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here, we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. I'm going to talk about what to investing. So I'm just laughing because I can't believe my life. A week ago, I was shaking my ass at a pool in Palm Springs for like four days surrounded by my amazing friends and new friends and all these hotties. And I'm just still riding the high from that experience. I'm calling it the dinosaur effect. <laughs> it's like me and my friends noticed how productive we were and focused in our work um, afterward. And I was definitely creating and drawing. I might have drawn a hottie or two. <laughs> my writing coach even told me to, as an assignment for my graphic novel, to draw, because uh, I want to draw my characters and my uh, biography graphic novel as if they're magic mushrooms, because I believe everybody is magical. Some people are just more hurt than others. Some people are more willing than others to do the work to embody their full selves and be in alignment. And I recently discovered that there's bioluminescent mushrooms. And she's like, draw these hotties like they're bioluminescent. Because I went through a lot of difficulty as a kid of immigrants, formerly undocumented. Uh, and I want to just have the highlights of my life. And dinosaur is definitely one of them. Uh, as like a bioluminescent mushroom and being surrounded by other bioluminescent hotties. <laughs> So yesterday, even though it was a Sunday and I was supposed to rest, I was drawing like crazy all day long. And I was also on Duolingo learning some Mandarin because I'm going to Taiwan in a week now. This is wild. <laughs> and yeah, just doing Duolingo reminds me of how much I love languages. I'm a language nerd. I'm a lifelong learner. And the bonus with Chinese is that it has thousands of cool drawings. So I was like, oh, this makes sense that I would enjoy learning this language because all the languages I've learned have been the easier ones, in my opinion, the romance languages. Since I grew up speaking Spanish, it's hella easy for me to learn Italian and French, but Chinese is super different, even though my language learning brain is still trying to <laughs> be like, what sound, what word sounds like the words in English or Spanish? Um, so that's super cool. And uh, I've just been scheduling emails and getting some things done creatively, prioritizing drawing and dancing and being creative earlier in the morning instead of later in the day. Um, and what else? I'm going to go on a coach's retreat on Thursday. I'm renting a car to drive to Palm Springs, or I'm going to stay for a few nights. But before that, I'm going to drive to Joshua Tree National Park, which I freaking love Joshua Tree. That ish looks like Mars. It looks like a different planet. I worked as a cross-country tour guide driving a, a van, a Ford Transit, and towing a trailer and camping from New York to LA with passengers mostly from Europe and Australia basically 
mostly white people that could afford to travel in the U.S. because it's super expensive to travel here. But one of my favorite places to go was Joshua Tree National Park. I don't think I would have ever ventured to go all the way out to the California desert if it weren't for that job. But um, even though that job did not pay well at all, I saw it as an investment because it helped me see parts of the U.S. that I would have never gone to, like also Florida, which apparently I love Miami. <laughs> But yeah, I'm going to go to Joshua Tree and I'm excited because apparently you can drive in even after it closes at 5 p.m. You can drive in um, at night and stargaze. You, it, you'll get fined if you sleep in your car, obviously, which who wants to do that in the desert when it's freaking hot? Um, but I'm excited to just go later in the day when it's not as hot and to see the stars because being in cities, mostly because they're more LGBT friendly, I do miss the campo, I miss the stars, I miss fresh air and putting my feet in the ground and feeling grounded. That's something that's super important to me now, even just like being in the valley right now in LA, I'll literally walk and put my feet in the grass and like hug the trees because I don't care. <laughs> There's some cool banana trees outside where I'm at right now. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm super excited to take a California road trip to Joshua Tree, listen to some 1970s classic rock, the Eagles, basically white people music that I grew up with because I grew up in Eastern Washington state <laughs> and I feel the nostalgia for that side of me, but I'm also going to be listening to like Cumbia and Megan Thee Stallion and have all these, all this this music to myself and enjoy uh, the night in Joshua Tree before coming back to Palm Springs for a weekend retreat in person with other coaches, which I'm super excited about. I love in-person shit, especially as a digital nomad. It can be really isolating to just be traveling with all your stuff from place to place and constantly meeting people and introducing yourself. And I love my online business because I've gotten to meet a bunch of you in person after we start working together, but it just does hit different uh, meeting coaches in person, which reminds me that I think my life mission is to eventually have an in-person retreat center. Buying property right now doesn't make sense for me just to have a house to have a house, but if I am to invest in property and real estate, it will be to have a retreat center where LGBT, BIPOC, first-gen folks can just come and relax and unwind because I feel like the whole retreat space has been a mostly white, hetero dominated area. But I feel like we are the ones that deserve retreat centers the most, not like rich white people. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of a lot of things are are brewing. And I'm excited to go to Taiwan and take the month off. I'll still be sharing and sharing my drawings because I feel like I'm going to have a creative explosion when I'm there of just drawing everything uh, and, and really learning Chinese. I'm just so excited to be dropped into what feels like it's going to be on a different planet. And I'm super excited to be outside of my comfort zone uh, and to learn and share with other people. And I am nervous because I only know like two people in Taiwan. Things are, are starting to reopen barely as of last month, starting to reopen to uh, extranjeros. 
So there's not going to be a lot of estajeros, which is why I wanted to go there, which is why I'm going there first and not Thailand, because I don't feel like it's as overrun by tourists uh, and, and like Australians as Thailand and Vietnam and all those places. But I think it's going to be a good gateway to the rest of Southeast Asia. And I'm excited for Pride at the end of October in Taipei because Taiwan is the only country that has legalized same-sex marriage. And uh, I've been studying some Mandarin, but I've also on my Kindle paper white that I just got because I realized I freaking love reading. I've been reading about the history of Taiwan. It's very interesting, the kind of limbo that it's been in. Like some presidents have been like, yeah, it is part of China, but then the current president who is descended from the Aboriginal people from Taiwan, she's like, no, we are not part of China. And there's just like this tension. And also just the fact that she's like a boss, she's like a, a woman president. And they actually were taking care of their people during COVID and they have universal health care. And all of these interesting things are what are drawing me to this place. And I've had some friends who are like, yeah, it's an awesome place to be. It's safe. People are welcoming. Um, I'm surprised there's not more people visiting. So I'm excited to go for that. So that is my life update. Things are unfolding. I feel like quickly since I've developed a better relationship with time and I've realized that I am the creator of time instead of letting like time dictate me, I am better able to feel like I'm in flow with time and be more creative, uh, especially since money is not something that I'm worrying about. And this is something that I talk about with my clients. The more money you make, the less you worry about money, but you start worrying about other things. But you have the opportunity to live your life's purpose and feel in alignment and trust that you can still make a living from things that make you happy and that money is going to be an after effect because we were raised to prioritize working for the money as the goal. But then once we're leveling up and we have the money, we realize that that doesn't create happiness. It does create stability and safety, but there's always something more hopefully that we should be striving for and our life's purpose changes all the time <laughs> a year ago i had no idea i was going to be hiring a writing coach to help me with a graphic novel and that i'd be drawing like bioluminescent magic mushrooms and be planning a trip to taiwan um so that's that's where i'm at right now but i also wanted to talk about what to invest in because uh, i've been checking my investment accounts every time i look at my investment accounts that shit's in red. The stock market has been down all freaking year. And it's the time to buy or hold. My strategy right now is to hold because I'm still just working on paying myself consistently through my business and building up my emergency fund. But once you have that emergency fund build and you have that leftover cash, that's when it's time to start thinking about if you haven't done so opening a Roth IRA. And I have master classes at my website, uh, on my blog, Unicorn Millionaire, just launched that. I have master classes on credit cards, Roth IRAs, and brokerage accounts. But then I wanted to also host a master class before I go on vacation for my clients and anybody else who's interested in learning. This master class is open to anybody who wants to learn about, okay, now that we have our investment accounts open, what the heck do we invest in? 
And I don't like to just give people blind recommendations because that's unethical. I can't tell you how many people would call me when I worked as a stockbroker and just ask me straight up what to invest in. It's like, bro, you don't even know me. I don't even know you. I don't know your situation. <laughs> I'm not just going to be some random person on the internet telling you to buy stocks. That's, that's unethical to me. And I actually don't recommend stocks specifically to my clients because I want them to understand how to shop for stocks on their own so they understand how to pick the different options. So, and another thing I wanted to mention uh, is that you're on the right track, especially clients that have worked with me for the entire six months. Sometimes they'll come back to me uh, for coaching calls because they've referred me to a friend and I've had some clients say, I feel like I need to learn more about investing. And then I say, why? And they say, because there's so much more out there and I see the TikToks and, and whatever in the news. And I'm like, you don't need to research more. <laughs> I always give my example of a single company stock that I'm down almost $4,000 because I thought that I could like beat the market and that I was lucky and untouchable. So let me go and choose this one stock that was super volatile when the price of a share at its highest was like $19. And then right now it's like $1.60, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you have 500 shares, that's why I'm down like $4,000. But I use that as a non-example to show how dangerous it can be for people to just recommend stocks because they're not, they don't have your long-term interests in mind and they're just throwing around recommendations. I love TikTok, but I also, want people to be informed about how to choose among the different options and really understand what they're investing in already. If you already have a 401k, do you understand what you're investing in within the 401k? Are you maxing out the contribution of 20,500? Are you doing pre-tax contributions or Roth 401k? These are all things that I've helped a client with, Katie who had extra cash wanted to get better at investing. And before we were even talking about investing, we took a look at her retirement account and she decided to contribute about, she went from contributing something small, maybe about 8% from her paycheck to her retirement account to something like 37%. And that's a really quick, easy way because you're already investing. A lot of you are already investing and you're not even thinking about it. So, that's a reminder that you're already doing more than you think. But then we also looked at her investments for her to understand what she was investing in. I see a lot of the times people have target date funds. And these are funds that if we go into the 401k and has a date like 2055, 2045, 2030, 2020. These are all funds that you're paying a team of mostly rich white men to manage for you so that it's really aggressive investing in stocks and stuff. But then by the time you quote unquote retire at year 2055, it's basically converting all to cash. But those are usually more expensive than the funds that, that I buy into. One of my clients, Diane, we were looking at her 401k and she had just started a job, wasn't contributing too much yet because she just started, but I'm glad she was taking advantage of the stock market dip to contribute. 
Uh, and I was like, okay, do you understand what you're investing in? And she's like, I have no idea. Okay. So we looked and she was investing in a 2055 target date fund. And then we looked at the, the chart, the information, when you click on the fund itself, don't let it overwhelm you. What I look for when I want to find out about a fund, even if I've never heard about it, I just want to know how has it done over the long term? By long term, I don't mean three months. I mean five years. <laughs> when I'm investing in something as an investor, I want to know how it's done as far back as possible. We're talking five or 10 years if possible. And it better be doing better than it was five or 10 years ago, despite stock market uh, dips and crashes. So there's like percentages and charts and all this information. I'm like, we don't need to worry about that. I just want to see the chart and see how it's done over time. The stock that I'm telling y'all that I'm, I'm down like $4,000 that ish I invested in knowing that it was going to be risky and I took the risk anyway. <laughs> uh, but again, I use that as a non-example. We all make mistakes and, and the purpose of that mistake was for, for y'all to learn from it as well. Uh, and when I look at the chart of that stock, it is so volatile. Like I said, $19 to like a dollar now. And it's just been going down <laughs> for months. <laughs> but other index funds, other funds that track the stock market and are more diversified, meaning you put more eggs in the one basket instead of just depending on one company that can go bankrupt, that should be tracking and increasing slowly over time um regardless of of stock market types. so this is what i show clients let's look at the chart and see how it's done over time don't worry about the TikToks or the fomo let's look at the chart the other thing is the fancy white man word called expense ratio that's basically the cost that's nothing like i'm a money translator i'm like this is the the white man word for this so <laughs> We want to look at the chart. How has the investment done over the long term, several years? And how much are you paying this team of like white people to manage this fund for you? Expense ratio is a percentage that's embedded within the fund itself. So for, I think, Diane, we looked at your 2055 fund and the expense ratio, I believe, was 0.65. So that means that $6.50 of every $1,000 you're paying to this team to manage the fund for you, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you have tens of thousands of dollars building over decades, that's going to be more money in their pockets. But you also won't have to worry about selling your investments the closer you get to retirement. But selling is not as complicated as it sounds. You just have to learn what your risk tolerance truly is because everybody likes saying they're aggressive when the stock market's popping. Todos son valientes hasta que vuela la cucaracha. I love to say that. <laughs> and then when the stock market dips, you find out your risk tolerance real fast. <laughs> and uh, oh, Diane saying me immediately calling Fidelity to get that shit is <laughs> changed after our call. Heck yeah, that's what, that's what we talked about during our call. That's what they're paid to do. As a stockbroker, I was paid to answer people's calls and they could call us as many times as they wanted to get information for free. 
But like I said, it's mostly like rich white men that know what questions to ask when they call these brokerage firms and they advocate for themselves and they get their answers. And yeah, so we need to feel that. <laughs> Even if we feel like a fourth of that level of entitlement, we can get so much shit done. <laughs> but that's what these 1-800 numbers are for, is to call them and ask questions for free. And you can't be calling them to be like, what should I invest in? Because that's unethical they shouldn't even be telling you this anyway if they do they don't know what they're doing they should be walking through the portfolio builder tools for you to pick the investments and also ask them okay ask them like explain this to me like i'm a five-year-old if they can't explain it to you like you're a five-year-old then they don't really understand it which is why it's really important for me to just explain this ish as simply as possible because all these expense ratio and 52 year high and low all these fancy words are just meant to exclude people especially when the stock market crashes it's meant to exclude people and create fear that's why when stocks are down that shit's in red even though the stock market is made up from people's minds it's not actually red it just turns red and then people who don't understand it freak out and they're like oh red is bad sell 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 but i actually see those colors opposite I see the red as green. Green means either hold or buy because it's low. When the shit's green, people get the FOMO and they're like, oh, stock market's so great right now, but I missed out, but should I buy? I'm like, sell, sell, sell. <laughs> so I see the colors in different ways, like the opposite ways. And I hope that helps you conceptualize why they even give the stock market colors in the first place. Like, in my opinion, it should be gray, but they have colors for a reason so that people can get all emotional and feel like investing is a casino in the short term, but it's not. Like we're in this stuff for the long term. For example, when I show my clients my accounts, because a lot of us are visual learners and it's important for us to see how I organize my investments, because that's what I was exposed to as a stockbroker. I saw thousands of people's accounts and it made me feel like it was possible for me to invest in multiple accounts and organize them in a more strategic way for me but i show my clients like 2021 i was selling my stocks shit was popping my stocks were growing growing and i was selling thousands of dollars to pay my bills to pay for my business coach pay three thousand dollars for this sold tesla but since 2022 started my stocks have gone down so at its highest, my stocks, even after selling them thousands of dollars, the highest is like $118,000. But now the stock market's slightly higher today, but now the stocks are valued at around $90,000. That's almost a $20,000 dip in just a few months. But I'm not sweating it because my net worth doesn't define me. I'm not a better or worse person depending on how my stocks are doing. And I'm taking this opportunity to show people to stop being scared and invest, even if it's literally a dollar. Because I just checked the rate of inflation today. I believe it's at about 8.3 or 8.5%, which is lower than it was like a month ago. It was like 9%. And that's basically the rate at which your cash is losing value every year. I'd rather invest a dollar and have that shit triple to $4 in 10 years than to have it lose value to like 60 cents in 10 years. 
I recently made a post about how if you have $10,000 sitting there in inflation, that's just going to drop to like $4,000 or something. But if you invest it over 10 years based off how the stock market's done in the past, that shit can quadruple in value. But you have to be willing to ride out the storm and ignore the noise when everybody's losing their shit and the stock market crashes because it's going to keep crashing because capitalism be capitaliseming to just hold on or keep buying more depending on your debt payoff plan, how much you have in your emergency fund as well too. So, so that's, that's how we should be viewing investing when we compare in different investments instead of just like getting your cousin's rando recommendation and regretting it three months later, check the charts and check the expense ratio. How much are you paying this team of white people to manage this fund for you? If you're not okay with that, then we can show you more low cost funds to investing. So I invite you to join my masterclass on Wednesday at 10 p.m. No. <laughs> and don't do p.m. classes. What is that? <laughs> 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. So you have two more days to sign up for that. I'll put the link in the show notes where I will literally walk you through how to build your investment portfolio. Whether you want to do it self-managed, which means you transfer $100, $1,000, $10,000. 50,000 in and you pick the investments and you buy them yourself and it's up to you to sell them when you're ready. And you can do that because I have a client that's done the self-managed. Uh, they put in about, I think it was like 6,000 in the, or 10,000, I think 10,000 in the self-managed. And then we've also opened up a robo-advisor because they also wanted to just let Schwab do their thing. So I'll show you how to do the self-managed and the robo-advisor, where you tell it your risk tolerance and when you want to retire, what your goals are for investing. And I'll walk you through the questionnaire so that you can understand why they're asking you these questions. Because at the end of the day, these questionnaires are just there for you to understand your risk tolerance. If they get a sense that you're afraid of stock market dips and don't know what the fuck you're doing, they're going to have your stocks be more conservative. So your stocks won't fluctuate as much, but you also will lose out on potential growth for decades over time. So I'll walk you through self-managed, you can do robo-advisor, you can do both. I actually started out with robo-advisor when I didn't know what I was doing. And then once I worked in finance, I closed out of the robo-advisor and I'm just doing self-managed once I developed more confidence in investing myself. That's an option. And I'll walk you through how to uh, place a trade. That means, again, fancy white men word for how to buy a stock. Because putting cash is step one, but I can't tell you how many people called me when I was working as a stockbroker that were like, hey, I've had $20,000 in my Roth IRA for 15 years. Why hasn't it done anything? And I had to break it to them and be like, you're not investing in anything. It's sitting there in cash. We're not going to invest it for you. And it made me so sad and angry, but also motivated me to start my money coaching business so that there's less people like that, so that everybody feels like they know to not only transfer money into these investment accounts, but also do the work once you understand how it works to just invest it. Because if you don't invest it, it's worse. Having cash in an investment account is worse than having it sit in a savings account because interest rates and in investment accounts are trash. In a savings account, you're still losing value to inflation, but you're still paying for the price of keeping your money, quote unquote, safer 
so you can pay your bills and if an emergency comes, you're not depending on the stock market for everything. So it's all about that balance, but it comes with understanding how it works. And that's why I'm hosting my class. So I can walk you through on Zoom. Some of my clients are going to be attending and I can't wait to meet you and have you join my class. So that's on Wednesday. Sign up at the link in the show notes. And I hope this was useful for you to start normalized talking about investing and having your money at work for you. All right. I will see y'all later. Bye. The information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only. Your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast hosts and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information, products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.